Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from United Q. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. I'm here with my co-host, Barbecue Forte. Hello. And we are brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet and Smoke with Check, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you think about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade, or looking for authentic charcoal commercial smokers, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And on today's show we have Jamie Gibson, rugby player from Northampton Saints and blogger from uh, Butter Wouldn't Melt. Hello. Hello. How you doing? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. Not too bad at all. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. Um, we've been looking forward to getting to chat with you. We both love rugby and we love cooking, and you love both of those things, so we think this might be a match made in heaven. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you can't complain when you get to play rugby in the mornings and Saturday afternoon and then go home and cook a barbecue on Sunday, can you? So Definitely I can't not. complain at all. So could you just introduce yourself to everyone so that everyone can know who you are and what you're about? As you said, I'm Jamie Gibson. I'm a back row for uh, Northampton. You know, I played up at Leicester, played at London Irish. Um, but um, on the other side of things, I'm big, big food fan. I've been cooking all my life, and um, for the last what must be five, six years, I've barbecued as many times as I can a week, effectively. Um, mainly on the a uh, big Joe, but um, looking to get my hands on on anything else I can can get hold of and see what I can play with. Cool. Well, so so where did the love of sort of barbecue come about is it is it more like because i imagine you guys have fairly strict diets and and follow uh fairly dick strict regimes and stuff like that is, is it just another way to try and uh spice things up a bit get a bit of difference add a bit of flavor in there to the usual standard sort of uh the protein sort of hits um well i've, I've always always enjoyed my food always enjoyed my cooking um and Fortunately for me, I'm I'm always a bit light. So uh, I've spent my entire career so far being told to get heavier to maintain weight and put on weight. And um, obviously, the easiest way to do that is large joints of large joints of protein. And you know, my ideal ideal cook would be a a big joint of 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 meat, whether that be um, red or white meat, and then leftovers for the next few days in stir fries and sandwiches, um, and just see what you can what you can play with. So um, I know I have to eat eat plenty. And and as you said relatively clean um and you know barbecue is, is has always been a good way of doing that and um you know one of my favorite favorite hobbies and especially over the last last few months with the uh, say butterwood and melt food blog has been you know finding recipes that i enjoy from either chefs from cookbooks from you know things i've picked up over the years and and seeing how you can you can play with those by adding as you said smoke or, or different flavors you know, the last things I've done recently has been, you know, playing with a bit of fresh pasta, but if I can smoke some meat and barbecue and, and put that inside pasta, you get, you get best of both worlds. Yeah, no. We've definitely seen you uh, sort of uh, popping up all over the place on Twitter and in the uh, Countrywood Smoke blog. We've seen you and uh, doing quite a lot of stuff with Marcus and, and uh, see you guys get on quite well. And uh, has he helped you sort of uh, with, with some recipes and bits and pieces? Yeah, definitely. So I've, I've, I've got to know him. must have been six months ago, six months, a year ago, um, based on, on the fact that, you know, as a, as a rugby player, I, you know, he, he's a, 
down in Devon. You know, he likes his rugby. He, he plays himself at it. You know, that's a pretty good amateur level. Um, and then on the back of that, you know, I started talking about food. Um, started looking into different things I could do. You know, I, up to that point, I'd been not simple, but you know, relatively sort of traditional in, in sort of an English barbecue, so to speak. So you, know, you have your staples, your sausages, your burgers. You know, I, my first everything I ever cooked was a butterfly lamb on the barbecue and. You know, I started talking to him about about playing with you know your your traditional low and slow cooks that you know the sort of thing that you can read in a book but unless you actually speak to somebody who's done that you know you, you never know quite the little tips the little techniques to get them going and you know in the, over the last six months we've we've played with a few ideas you know been down to his place and sampled various things that um, you know I you know I'd like to cook myself at some point and and then expand it from there into sort of probably less traditional barbecue cooking and more sort of classic cooking and see how you can create flavor, see how you can adapt, you know, sort of cooking from fire, cooking with smoke into, you know, more classic cooking, basically. All right, it really sounds like you are really sort of... Really a on different, board with it. Yeah, really on board <laughs> with it at a different level of food and, and actually really sort of... Uh, pushing things which is awesome to see i mean that that's definitely something that we yeah, we really try the same we, sort of thing really of taking those like classic dishes and seeing what you can redo and enhance them using the barbecue using the smoke like you said what's this going to taste like if we cook it dirty straight on the coals or what's this going to taste like with a bit of smoke in there so it's it's a great way to like completely like change a dish by adding like a whole new flavor profile yeah and we also yeah. try and uh and a lot of the time we try and cook like almost three course meals so we always mm. like something that you probably order in a restaurant we then try and take to the barbecue and, and cook and develop recipes that that to see whether we can add anything to them i mean sometimes it, they're better off just cooked in the kitchen and in which case that's fine but also sometimes you can give a completely different spin on something you can actually completely lift or elevate a dish to, to new heights with a bit of fire in, in whatever sense, whether it be smoke or, or direct or indirect cooking, it, it's it's something that we really enjoy doing, actually. Yeah, that, that's, that's been the same for me, as I said. As, as I've got more into it, as I've, as I've tried, you know, these different smokes, I was, you know, lucky enough to pick up an order from a smokewood shack the other day, and I think I bought every single type of wood he did. So, um, get my hands on all sorts of different flavours, different smells, um, and, you know, I've been playing with, you know, you're, as I said, you, know, you start off with your low and slow cooking, your ribs, your short ribs, um, your large joints of beef, you know, anything, your chicken wings, things like that. And then going from there, as I said, recently it's been, you know, looking a bit of how you can play with sort of fresh pasta dishes, what you can put ravioli things inside. Now, one of my favorite sort of celebrity chefs, I suppose, is Tom Kerridge. Um, but, you know, taking dishes that, you know, all-in-one dishes that, you know, traditionally you'd cook in an oven. Um, and then seeing what well, you add, a bit of apple smoke, a bit of cherry smoke, does that make a difference? Does it make it better? Does it make it worse? You know, I did, did uh, sort of dough from one's potatoes on the barbecue relatively recently, and I, I used the hickory, and we came away going, wow, the uh, the cream took so much smoke that you can't taste any of the, uh, the potatoes. So, as you said, you know, some things work better in the oven, some things work better in a hob, but some things, you know, just adds that flavor. Um, one of the, the first things I remember talking to... Um, uh, a friend of mine, a chef called Steve Durham, um, about when I first got into, you know, I actually picked up a Thermomix, you know, one of the, what they, they are, yeah, yeah. Um, from him a few years ago. And um, he always talked about get, adding complex flavors. So, you know, a normal dish has, has one flavor. Uh, a slightly more complicated dish has, you know, two flavors. Will that be, you know, sweet and sharp? But if you can then add, you know, a bit of chili, a bit of um, smoke, 
you know, maybe a sort of a, a char-grilled edge from a barbecue. Then you add, you know, sweet, sharp, smoky, hot, um, you know, flame flavors, and you just make every everything just a simple dish that bit more more interesting, bit more complicated without actually making it harder to do. That sounds absolutely bang on. That's that's exactly how how we feel, and and that is just just right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, one of my, one of my uh, on. things on that is that obviously you know for me I'm I'm not a I'm not a cook I'm not a chef I'm you know I've you know, never worked never done it seriously so I'm just a re- regular guy who happens to be a rugby player happens to have an excuse with a plumber's hands and. You know, I've loved speaking to people over the last, they said, few months from from the uh, from the blog and on on Twitter and social media about, you know, actually, you know, anybody can pick up an old barrel and fill it with charcoal and light it up and see what they can make with it. And you know, it's something that you know people should play with, should have fun playing with. And you know, if, if it goes wrong every now and again, then you know, it's worth it when it goes right. It really, I mean, you you say like uh, that you are just a normal guy cooking, but it really does sound like we have a chef on the li- on the line here and. Uh, you're coming out with sort of uh, chefy stuff, and it, it's it's actually really interesting to see that actually, yeah, that is the normal guy now. We're so accessible to to recipes and knowledge from YouTube, from Twitter. We can speak to top chefs now. We can speak to people like Tom Kerridge via Twitter, uh, Instagram, and pick up tips and pick up pointers, pick up recipes, and really like the home cook of of what was, I don't know, even like five years ago to compare to now is just a completely different kettle of fish like people now are just really surprising you go to someone's house and they're really pushing the boat out with i'd say on more more sort of average level now people are actually just cooking at a much higher level people are enjoying it a lot more people are a lot more interested in in where their food comes from putting together different flavor profiles and and it's a really interesting time to sort of be in the food world i think because there's a lot of stuff happening no definitely um you know you just well, I can't help but, you know, speaking to friends of the club, speaking to your friends from around, and, you know, everybody, I said, has been brought up, you know, with your, you know, your, your lasagna, your your pasta sauces, and, you know, the odd carbonara, and then in the summer you might like, like the gas barbecue and throw some steaks on there or some burgers and see what you can play with. But, you know, I think more and more people, I suppose, are, are getting into, you know, probably their fitness, their nutrition side of things, and then once you're into that, you know, it's not a big step into, into food, and, you know, there's nothing more boring than boiled chicken with a bit of broccoli and maybe some mashed potatoes. So, um, you know, people get into food, and once you get into food, I think it, it hooks people, and you know, you can't get away from it. So, um, yeah, the more the more things you see, you know, go on go on YouTube for ten minutes, and suddenly three hours later, you realise that you're still watching recipes and still playing with them, and you know, it's it's, it's exciting, and it's good fun. Yeah, definitely. It's quite interesting, actually. I, I was just thinking then as you were saying that about uh, the rugby players and stuff, that Gloucester have actually uh, quite into their their barbecue food as well. I've gone ahead and opened up there between a few of them. Johnny May and a few others have decided to open up Grilled Shed. Which, uh, so yeah. there must be, it's a thing about barbecue and rugby, I think. Yeah. I think that <laughs> it really goes hand in hand quite well. No, definitely. I said, any, any excuse to eat a large, large joint of meat... Um, and yeah, I suppose if you want to if you want to start grilling some vegetables and getting a bit more playful and that sort of thing, you can't complain too much. But you know, a, a huge you know six kilo sirloin or you know ten short ribs between three or four of you, you know, can't really complain too much. And if it tastes good, then even better. Yeah. So has your popularity in the team gone up? Are you uh, having players around your house asking for some barbecue now a lot more? Um, it's, it's been a something that we'll, we'll start doing. We've, we've we've got a few friends coming for Halloween. I'm planning to um 
do a couple of racks of ribs and various different sausages, maybe smoke a, um, a, a, an either ox heart or lamb's heart and see what I can play with and create, you know, a sort of a scary, spooky Halloween edible, you know, skeleton, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, that um, sounds good. So I got a few ideas on that, you know, um, had a few people over last, tried a water buffalo recipe um, a couple of months ago and had a couple of boys over and um, it's been good fun. Obviously, I, uh, I recently had a, had a, my second baby a couple of weeks ago, so everything's been a bit on hold for the last few weeks. But um, no, I can't wait to get back into it. My, ne- my next aim is see, if I see what I can do with a beef wellington. Um, you know, thinking about whether you can sear it, sear it in, in, in dirty style in the charcoal and probably thinking at the moment that you then cook it in the oven because you might pick up too much flavour. But, you know, would that add an extra element to what is, you know, one of the more classic British dishes and, and just looking forward to playing around and I'm sure there'll be a lot of disasters. But, you know, for every disaster, hopefully something goes right and uh, it's worth it in the end, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think you can you could do that whole Wellington out in the barbecue. You don't you don't always have to go like overkill on the smoke, do you? If you want to go in your big Joe and just put charcoal in there and don't put loads of smoking wood in there as well, then you can probably still do exactly what you just described and not worry about over smoking it. Exactly. That's that's. But I think I'd probably try it a few different ways. Um, maybe at the same time and increase the amount of food that we're allowed to eat. Um, that's my the only thing I would like. I'm looking to pick up a wood fired oven at some point because. I love the idea of being able to either sear or add a bit of smoke in the uh, in the joe and then finish it off either stone baked or under wood where obviously you don't get quite such a strong flavour, but you still get that heat, still get that flame cooking, and that's something that I'm looking to explore over the next next few weeks and see what happens up leading up towards Christmas, through Halloween, autumn. Um, you know, it's a, it's a it's a nice time of year. You know, technically the barbecue season's finished, but you know, suddenly you get so much, so many more options in terms of you know, various things that are coming out this time of year. You know, one of the things I love cooking with is pumpkins and squashes. Um, and, you know, smoked pumpkin soup, playing with the, uh, you know, I did a pork, a sort of, I suppose you'd call it a, um, almost a bomb, you know, pork tenderloin stuff with pumpkin, chestnuts, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's looking at autumnal flavours and, you know, leading to Christmas where you get your ham out. You know, can you cure and ham, smoke it yourself slowly and with a bit of apple or cherry and, and see what you can play with. Yeah, exactly. What you just said, really, it just sews it up, really. Like, barbecue season, weather-wise, is over, but it's definitely never going to be over with the, like, different food profiles that come out all year round, and we've always got something new and exciting to cook with each season that comes. Exactly. And I think the um, the, the time I probably convinced my, my wife that a uh, barbecue cooking all year round was acceptable was, um, must have been three or four Christmases ago, where we did the turkey on the barbecue. And, um... Just you know, for the first time ever, she actually said that turkey didn't taste dry. You know, obviously the thing about those charcoal, those ceramic barbecues, that it keeps it moist. And you mm. know, four or five hours uh, in a barbecue, and you still get this beautifully moist, you know, crispy turkey joint. And the best thing about it is you got the space in the oven to do everything else: your your potatoes, your vegetables, you know, anything else you want to create. You've, you've got enough space to it rather than clogging up an oven and, and thinking what else can you eat. Yeah, exactly. My wife's the same. She was like making me not do it for years and years. It was like, no, 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 it's too too risky it's too risky and we finally went for it and like you said it's just you're never going to go back because the flavor was that much better and having all that space in the oven to do the extra things as well it just like was a win-win all round really exactly i think i think my ultimate goal would be uh it's a, i think a bit like what marcus has at the moment actually outside for him is you know a little sheltered area outside so you can you can you know throw whatever you want whether that means you've got a couple of barbecues a wood-fired oven 
you know, an asado cooking section, you know, somewhere. So basically, no matter what you can do, you can sit there and go, actually, I'm going to cook with 10 different pieces of equipment, yeah. but it means that, you know, I've got space for everything. Everything's done perfectly. So if I can, if I can develop that one day, then I'll be in heaven. Do you've got the space for an outdoor kitchen at your house? Not yet. We're, we're currently renting at the moment, but, you know, um, that's one of the, uh, the requisites when we, when we buy a place. I've, I've, I've let my wife know that, and, and she's got her own market. So, um, You're going to have to uh, put in a, a cot as well for baby Henry. Yeah. Is he going to join you outside? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So now he'll join me. My, um, my uh, elder, elder boy, who's now 18 months, loves carrying boxes of bags of uh, charcoal and um, smoking woods around. So, you know, <laughs> we saw him recently with a, a bag of applewood in one hand and whiskey whiskey uh, chunks in another, leading up the barbecue. <laughs> so, um, hopefully, get them involved. Awesome. Yeah. Don't I just need wanted to build in blocks anymore, do you? you can just, yeah, you can just buy your kids some smoking wood. Just blocks. stack some smoke with shack wood. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I was exactly. going to say. You... Yeah, go on, mate. You focus. No, continue. Sorry, I was going to say you were talking about the uh, the the heart dish. I was just mm. going to go back to it because I was I was watching something the other day and it was on a it was on a, a cooking series on Amazon Prime. I can't think of what it was called now, but it was uh, with uh, Niklas from he's a Swedish chef who uh, does a, a cracking. It was one of his sort of uh, signature dishes in his restaurant, and it's a smoked reindeer heart taco with uh, lingonberries. But he he wow. smokes it for a little bit and then finishes it in a cast iron uh, and. It, it looks absolutely amazing. It's one of the signature dishes from this restaurant, which is a, I think it's a one or two Michelin star restaurant in Stockholm. But the, like he sort of runs you through the recipe and the sort of flavor profiles and stuff. But it sounds absolutely amazing. You might want to go in there and check that out. It might be something for you to, def- to def- rock. definitely have a look at it. Yeah, to rock um, or adapt for, for your uh, you know, Halloween feast. We've, we've always said that you know, Halloween, I suppose, is not really celebrated in England properly, but it's, it's both myself and my wife's probably favorite time of the year. And, um, you know, chance to to go out and um, you know, I've been looking looking up things that you can create and you know, said you know, see if I can create a full skeleton with with food, edible skeleton. You know, make it spooky if I can. Obviously, adding a heart is that extra little bit that you can play with. So, it's one day you know, you can do heart, your liver, your kidneys, and, and see what comes of that. But probably it might be a little bit too far at the moment. Um, <laughs> Need a lot of people but, around you know, to eat it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, we've been playing with ideas, you know, so see if we can do some poisoned coffee apples, you know, make them make them black or um, see what you can do for witches' fingers for, and yeah, it's just, it's just been good fun, you know, writing down ideas, yeah. you know, having a play with a few things. Some things don't work. Um, you throw some things into, uh, into charcoal and they, they go into flame straight away and some things work brilliantly, so... <laughs> Um, just, it's just great fun, basically. Yeah, I remember last year people were playing around with, I can't believe it was a year ago, because I remember seeing all this stuff like it was yesterday, but people were playing around with black, uh, like, burger baps and stuff, so they're putting oh, black yeah. food colouring in their burger baps, yeah. and that was, like, their Halloween like twist. Squid ink yeah, squid ink or something mm-hmm. like that. But also, yeah, I mean... So, yeah, go on. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's the, the thing, thinking about, you know, what can you, can you, what can you do? You know, I'd like, I'm quite tempted to do, like, a charred onion or something, and, you know, if you could stuff that, and, you know, you open up this onion shell, which is jet black, and you know something hopefully oozy and orange drips out, or red drips out, and um, just play with that. And you know, I, I like the idea. So I've always, I suppose I've grown up in there. I remember going to the Fat Duck, luckily enough, a few years ago, and obviously Heston Blumenthal is, is very much that sort of scientific cooking. But how can you create that with with you know with your own equipment? How can you change people's ideas? You know, the favourite thing I ever saw was his. Um, his bangers and mash, where everything was something different. So you know, you're 
your 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 sausage was actually potato, and your your potato was was peas, and your your peas were little pellets of sausage meat, and not not going to that extent. But how can you play with play with ideas? How can you serve somebody like a a simple joint of meat that you, they cut into and they go, wow, that that's not just you know a, a joint of of beef or you know a butterfly lamb. That's actually got so much more to it. You know, the yeah. flavors keep hitting them and keep coming. Definitely, definitely. I was looking on your website and I saw the the recipe for uh, water buffalo that you mentioned a minute ago. And what's what was that like? I've never had water buffalo before. I, w- I would recommend it. Um, it, it, it. It's it's obviously a lot leaner than beef, which means it's a little bit more tricky to cook. Um, and you know, but it, it it worked really really well. You know, I had it in a brine for twenty four hours um, and then cooked it quite slow, about one fifty one sixty for you know for a few hours and. Um, it just worked really well. It was, it, it was, it, it basically looks like beef, uh, cuts like beef, and then gives you this slightly sweeter, slightly sort of, um, not as quite, not quite as earthy, but still with that sort of mineralistic t- flavor that you get from, from red meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, something I'm definitely looking to play with a bit more. I'm planning to go down and, and pick up a, a few more different cuts. You know, I'd, I'd love to see if I could do some of water buffalo short ribs and see how they go or, you know, like a, your equivalent of a sort of a brisket and just just play with the flavors and see if it you know some people find brisket you know it can be a little bit overpowering because there's so much flavor in that meat if you cook it for long enough and just just play with can you get the same you know shred, pulled sort of pulled meat effect with something that actually everybody loves and that children love and and just see what you can play with basically and mm, what yeah. something that's definitely on the on the uh it was in, in my eye line basically Oh, experimenting with with all different flavors and stuff is definitely something that we all love. I mean, goat was something that uh, the last sort of few weeks has been really popping off in the in the barbecue community and also the restaurant community around the UK with Goat Toba, which we've discussed. Uh, I'm not going to really go into it massively because we've discussed it quite a lot the last few weeks. But I mean, really, this last couple of weeks, I've had pulled goat. I've had I've had all sorts. I had uh, pork. Uh, sorry, pork. I've had goat goat loin. <laughs> Uh, for breakfast i've had all i've been, literally been doing all sorts with it i've still got lots of stuff to come as well so i mean it's it's again the the goat shoulder that we pulled was absolutely phenomenal tasting lovely beautiful flavors but completely different completely different on the spectrum to your standard pulled pork or i would say it's it's not the same as again like i've done pulled lamb shoulders again but it's it's different again and it's something that I enjoyed experimenting with it and I will be playing with it more. The whole family were, were absolutely sold on it straight away, loved it, loved the flavours. So so yeah, it's definitely something I'm gonna be experimenting a lot more with. So yeah, these different sort of types of of animal and stuff are really great to sort of get into and, and try things out because there's no reason yeah, why definitely. not. No, definitely and and the, well that's one of the things I've I've enjoyed most, especially, you know, with in the barbecue world is that um it's very, very affordable to cook. Um, you know, your your barbecue meats, your traditional barbecue meats, are your your low and slow meats, which you know you go to go to a butcher and you buy cut a Jacob's ladder and it costs you ten pounds and it's going to feed five or six people. And um, you know, most people think of you know of meat being you know quite expensive, but if you've got the time and the patience, you know, the flavour you can get from something that anybody can pick up, anybody can buy, and anybody can play with is extraordinary. And um, it just also brings brings people together. You know, you you put a message up on, I said the uh, country would smoke, you know, Facebook group or 
you know, message on Twitter and, you know, instantly you get responses from, from 50 different people who, some of whom, you know, like their cooking, some of whom happen to work in the city and never get time to cook but enjoy their food, some of whom, you know, run around chasing their kids all day and spend their whole life cooking fish fingers or alphabet, you know, potato shapes. But, you know, everyone wants to get involved, everyone wants to, to help out. And, and, you know, the more people who do that, the better it is, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. With the water buffalo, where, whereabouts did you get that from? As you got your all you're interested in is water buffalo. Yeah, I want to get myself <laughs> a water buffalo. Where did you find that? Which butcher's got uh, water I buffalo? We were, um, <laughs> we were down in down in Winchester, and the um, on a I think it was a Sunday in the Hampshire Farmers Market. Um, we're in on on the day, and there's a Broughton Water Buffalo Farm, mm-hmm. and they're based based in I think in Hampshire somewhere near, near Winchester, and, and they they're in the market. I think it's every every other Sunday or something like that. Um, I think they might start being able to start delivering, but I just basically was in the market and saw this three kilo um, roasting joint water buffer and thought, you know, it's ten pounds a kilo. Three kilos um, of meat, why not? <laughs> I was like, yeah, and so it vacuum packed, and I just put it, picked it up, bought it immediately, and spent the next sort of couple of hours carrying it around Winchester, which you can imagine got a few, a few interesting, interesting looks. Um, but I've, I've been looking around to see if I can source source some more source something from something else things I'll deliver um, because we said you know the the more people that get into it you know it's it's sustainable it's it's high quality and and it's you know good fun to cook and and it surprises people because you know if you have a few friends over and you say well, I'm planning to roast water buffalo join they go what mm. um, and then they arrive and they're like actually I, they might they might go home and cook it themselves and you know it's those little things that you know make people smile and you know make, make cooking worth it basically yeah I've just looked them up after you said that on their website and you can. You can order it online. They've got like a pack of it. You can buy like two ribeyes, rump steak, diced steak, famous burgers, mince, topside. All is that a big package? So might be trying something else out this weekend. Yeah, I I think there was uh, a company at the Exit Food Festival that we went to. There was was uh, yeah, so it might be worth having a look and see if there's anyone local. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that there was like. Llama meat and stuff as well. I think uh, there was yeah. like an alternative meat sort of uh, company that were sort of trying to push animals like water buffalo and llamas and stuff for more than just their wool. They were taking them that step further and, and sort of similar to. I remember the llama one was quite similar to the like, kid goat really sort of story where they weren't really like the the male babies weren't really of use and mm. more of a cost than anything. So they were they were rearing them for their meat. So, so yeah. Don't drink much llama milk or eat llama cheese. Do I don't know. I wasn't really listening, but it was oh. something like that. All <laughs> <laughs> I remember is that she no, had samples and it tasted good. So I don't know. we need to look out for llama as well. <laughs> I've always, always like that. I remember a few years back, I um, spoke to a company about you know whether who was bringing you know kangaroo and ostrich and crocodile over to the UK and selling selling those sort of meats and. You know, I had had a had a go at a few of those, and you know, you get some slightly interesting results and different things. But you know, there are a lot. As you said, you know, if a goat's big at the moment, you know, I've just ordered a, a couple of couple of joints of meat to have a play with that, and um, the water buffalo. You know, I'd love to play llama, um, but you know, then your bird meats as well. You know, all sorts of different birds. You know, you've got your traditional chicken and turkey, but you know, being able to play with your game game meats. Whether that be pheasant, you know, um, partridge, other other game birds, or rabbit, hare, you know, all those little things that you know you you see running around every day, and and actually, you know, cooked well, absolutely delicious, and and you know, surprises people. 
definitely. I mean, I, I, I know that we're talking about a bit more out there birds than turkey. I cooked a turkey yesterday, but, but yeah, I mean, definitely game, game meats is something that I find really interesting and, but I don't know, people seem to be intimidated by but I don't really understand. What did I have the other day? It was a quail, wasn't it, I think I had? Yeah, and I then you quail, cooked. I'd never had it before and it was like on a bed of pearl barley and I've suddenly got like an obsession with pearl barley now. I'm just trying to use it <laughs> wherever possible because I just really enjoyed it. But yeah, I just, I'm, I've got to that point now where when I go to a restaurant, I'll pick the thing that I've never had before. Just I just want to try like everything. I mean, you cooked venison the other day as well. Yeah, yeah, the venison... I've done it a couple of times before, but my kids had never eaten it before. And the same with goat. I love, love they, venison. Yeah, and the kids love loved venison. it as well, which was, I was really surprised. I didn't think they are going to like it, but like, they actually preferred it to beef, I think. Most of those meals, so beef, as I said, it's a, for some people, it's, you know, it's, it's strong. It's, you, know, you get that, that mineralistic taste, that's a bloody taste that you know, people love. But you know, some people, it can be a little bit overpowering. And as you said, venison, you know, water buffalo, um, I suppose goat, you know, they're, they're all probably slightly different flavors that, you know, people don't, they don't know about, which means that they try them because they're interested in them. And then they, they may find that they, they like them more or, or you know, they like, they like the idea of them a little bit differently. And um, I suppose the only thing about those game meats that might put people off is that you definitely have to cook them outdoors because cooking them in the kitchen, your house smells for God knows how long afterwards. Um, <laughs> but once they're cooked, they're perfect. I don't know. I haven't used my oven in the house for so long. <laughs> it's like a storage cupboard now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, just keep all my barbecue equipment in it to take outside. I mean, just because we're on the subject now, I've actually gone online. I'm looking at this uh, alternative Llama. meats company. He's so it's got a llama story <laughs> sorted out now. No, no, it's just a, it's got a whole list of exciting meats. So they've got alpaca meat, uh, bison meat, buffalo meat, camel meat, crocodile, elk, goat, horse. Crocodile, crocodile is weird. Yeah, got like crocodile it, burgers in the picture here or something. And <laughs> that that was that was it was very tasty, but it was very unusual because it's sort of got the the texture of fish, but tastes like chicken. Do you know it's weird that saying that? Sense. I was watching that. Uh, what's that? Uh, Bear Grylls on the island thing with the celebrities, and they killed uh, what what they called there. They're not called crocodiles, but they're like little crocodiles. Uh, what are they called? Yeah. You, think of, you think of an alligator? alligator? Not alligator. They're like smaller versions of them. What? A lizard? Baby <laughs> croc? Something like that. Anyway, they killed it. And that, that's exactly what they said. They said it was like a weird mixture of like chicken, pork and fish. Like a really strange oh. sort of uh, sort of texture to it. And it was like, yeah, so it's strange you said that. I haven't, I haven't. I think I did have a go at alligator or crocodile once but i was too young to really remember yeah i'm sure i've had like, an alligator burger before but i couldn't i can't remember what it yeah. tasted like i wrestled one to the death once but, uh, and then then just cooked it you know through a hole through a hole onto the, the outdoor barbecue that you lit with a couple of sticks yeah yeah obviously yeah that was just, when you were out with bear wasn't it yeah me and, me and bear girls just chilling yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were wrestling uh yeah well <laughs> let's move on <laughs> Yeah, you were cuddling him, weren't you? <laughs> Giving a big bear hug. <laughs> yeah, I like the sound. I also like, like, and it's not overly alternative, but I like the idea of doing like a suckling pig. I quite like to do that on the... I've got the jotisserie. I'm pretty sure it'll, you'd be able uh, to fit That in. is something that I am so jealous about at the moment because I see all these people putting photos up of 
cooking on their Joe Tisserie, but they obviously they don't make one yet for Big Joe. Yeah, serves you um, right for getting being too spoiled and buying yourself a big one. <laughs> no, I just thought that if you've got a chance to buy something that's bigger, it's better. Then I mean, you can cook more. You yeah. know, I can get a whole six kilo joint of beef on it, or as you said, you know, five or six racks of ribs on that side. That you know, it, it means that I could then on a, on a Sunday, you know, if I've got a few friends coming over to watch the American football, you know, you could. You could feed fifty people rather than just you know your, your meager twenty people from a classic Joe. So yeah, I'd hundred percent have. I'd definitely have the big one. It's just getting it round the back of my house was going to be impossible, so I had to go for the smaller one. We catered for a hundred people the other week yeah. at a Commando Joe uh, demo yeah. event with one of the big Joes. So definitely can cook for massive numbers on them. They are really are. Uh, we the had the Joe's, grill extender it, it, as well, so it was like you had yeah. such big grill space. It's been brilliant. So I've, you know, I've not probably used it for its full capacity in terms of for numbers yet because I haven't had much of a need to cook for more than probably 10, 15 people at a time. But um, just I find you know, the, the ability you can to, you know, probably more than the classic because you've got your your charcoal divider or you know because it's such a big space, the, the ability to to bank coals on one side and as a result have a, sort of a semi indirect heat for meat. Um, without risking burning, but getting your sort of your nice browning of, of of your food, or you know cooking in a couple of zones with with vegetables and things. Like that. Just because you've got that much more space, just just give you the flexibility to to move move things around, to to play with temperatures, to play with flavors, and you know it, it does mean that you know you have that bit more charcoal, and you know if the charcoal gets hot, it doesn't cool down very fast. Um, but it's it's been brilliant, just giving you that that me that flexibility to. To put two or three things on, you know, I did. I said you're talking about trying to do whole courses or you know whole meals, and you know, to be able to do a full, a full sort of roast or dinner, you know, with your, you know, what did I do the other day? I had a pork belly, you know, with vegetable roast, camo's vegetables to make into a sauce, with a you know, potato gratin sort of creamy gratin dish to one side, a smoked apple on the others, and then you know, roasted carrots and parsnips in the middle, and. You know, to be able to do an entire thing on on a barbecue at different different levels, different zones was was, was good fun to do, and you know, quite an experience to be able to you know create just just everything with one piece of equipment. Definitely. Then you all you all you had to do to finish it off was to put on a an apple cr- a smoked apple crumble whilst you're eating your eating your roast dinner, just out there smoking in the in the Joe, and then you would have had a a full a full meal there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's something I have to do. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a New York cheesecake at some point. Awesome. Um, the thing I've been doing, I've done a few I've pasta recipes recently. So, um, you know, that means I've been playing with, with flour and dough for the first time and, you know, not done that properly before. My wife's a very good baker, and so I've not, not done much baking. But, you know, I'm looking forward to trying different, um, you know, whether I can do some bread dishes on the on there, you yeah. know, to, to create your own breads or... Um, those are little things I've not not yet expanded into, but looking looking to do that quite soon. Um, Definitely, a really good way of getting smoke into those sort of things is, is also cold smoking. If you had given cold smoking much of a go, because you could like cold smoke butter and stuff if you're making air pastry, and I, that really I've gets. Been, it's it's on my list. You know, my my wife's insisted that I don't buy everything myself, and so that she can give me a couple of presents every now and again. So um, that's that's one of the things that I've kept back on on a. On a sort of a, maybe a Christmas list or a birthday list. Or well, if you're listening, year. the Pro CSG would be a great Christmas present for Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah, now we've. Uh, I literally yeah, love we love it. Love it at the minute. I mean, mm. cold smoking. I suppose 
everyone's been saying it in the country would smoke for him while it's cold smoking season. Mm. I, to be honest, didn't really stop cold smoking, but it just stops you doing particular things. I mean, you wouldn't want to leave fish out in sort of those temperatures and stuff so it stops you doing some things but if you've got a cool place you can do it all year round so i have been doing it most of the year round but also at the same time it is a chance now where i can get up in the morning an hour early for work and put something on smoking come home from work and have like some beautiful smoked cheeses or get the bacons going for the christmas period so you come home and you you cure your pork belly so at the minute i've got uh two sides of salmon curing in the fridge and a pork belly curing in the fridge so I'm looking forward wow. to smoking those. There'll be cold smokes that I'll set off uh, in the morning and leave them to go for the day because it'll be good to get like a good eight-hour smoke on those. And then a uh, backpack to rest before going back on for another another session of smoke. But but yeah, I mean, the cured meats tend to take smoke a lot better. So when you're saying eight-hour smoke, it's it's not as intense as, as what you're talking in like a, a hot smoke. It's not going to overpower it. It'll be fine still. But No, that's, that's something I definitely want to definitely want to do and, and get involved in and now, I'd love the idea of, of one Christmas being able to do everything yourself. Yeah. So not have to buy anything. Obviously, you'd pick up a few things, but, you know, you to smoke your own salmon and you know, then do your full Christmas dinner, you know, make your stuffings, make your whatever you, whatever you do with your Christmas, you know, your sauces, your, your meals, maybe your ham for, for around Christmas, you know, potentially do, you know, breads or things like that to eat with your salmon and, you know, make, do it like, like an entire sort of festival cook. Um, not necessarily all on the barbecue, but be able to have the capability to say, actually, I'm going to speak to my local butcher and fishmonger and, you know, I'm going to say, well, can you just give me a salmon and, you know, a saddle of beef and a couple of hams? And I'll then, you know, have the chance to play with a bit of butchery, you know, you create, you fill it your salmon yourself, smoke it, you know, as I said, add butters, you know, make your make your own garlic butters, your own smoked butters, nuts, cheeses. Um, that I think Definitely. that would be yeah. In terms of Christmas, like an ideal Christmas or any time of the year, just be able to just open your capabilities up. So yeah, that, it's a, a know, real sense of pride as well. Like when you're sat, like like you're saying, I mean, something like that is over the Christmas period. If if it was like to be almost like you've done everything yourself and it is like just simple things like sitting down at breakfast like you were saying and then pulling out the smoked salmon from the fridge to have for some scrambled egg and actually you made that smoked salmon that's yours that you made a couple weeks back that's been cured been smoked so much love and care has gone into it and i guarantee you it's going to taste better than anything you've bought from the shells before i mean bacon is never going to be the same for me i'm afraid i cannot buy bacon that even touches the stuff that i make at home myself not being big-headed but i just think that anyone that anyone that's been through the same process will feel the same as well and i think it's really simple bacon's such a simple thing to make at home and i think that you the the product that you yield is such a good quality product it's so easy to to get and I, i'm i'm just it it does give you a massive sense of pride really so i think that exactly what you're saying is true and, and that and that would be an amazing experience you are Yeah, and if you if you get onto Smokewood Shack, like all of their smoking wood chunks and chips, they do also do them in dust as well. So yeah. I've got like all of your whiskey smoked oak in dust form as well, so you can still get all those lush favourite flavours yeah. in in a cold smoke. That's it. Yeah, it's making it sort of it just 
the, the ability to be able to do everything, you know, yourself. I said, it gives you full of pride. And I said, it's something that, um, I said, over the last couple of years, um, we've experimented different foods. You know, my wife's, um, been quite into sort of a, a more a paleo style sort of food, food sort of way okay, of cool. looking at things. And, um, you know, that, that got us into looking at, you know, we emptied our larder out of all the, you know, the sources you have. And, um, we, we decided that, you know, not going to follow it, you know, strictly, you know, we're going to have, you know, gluten and rice and bread every now and again. But it just, just at the moment, what we decided to do on the back of it is say, well, if we can't name every single ingredient in the thing we're eating, then we don't really want to cook it or we don't want to eat it ourselves. And to be able to go around and he said on the back of that, I say, well, actually, I don't need to buy, buy a ham, which has been smoked in some way. I can do it myself. And as a result, I can not only name the ingredients, I can, I can show you the ingredients and, um, just that sort of thing, just for, you know, in terms of, I suppose a little bit of a way of life of being able to you know, have the pride that you've done it yourself, but more importantly, from a you know a health purpose or a nutritional point of view, just to be able to say actually, you know, this is where all the ingredients came from. You know, I know that I sourced them from these places that you know I trust, or you know, I went to my local butcher or my fishmonger or you know your local grocer, and and everything came from from that. And it's just you know, said just. It's quite a cool idea to, to have in your mind, and, and something that I'm I'm looking forward to one day, hopefully being able to do completely. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, it's brilliant. We, we've had we went the recent event that we were catering for, like people coming up and like people with sometimes it's allergies, sometimes it's health related. Just they would just want to eat a certain way, asking questions about like, well, what what's in the sauce, and quite often if it is like a bottled sauce or something, you you can kind of read the back of it, but you're not 100 percent sure what's in it really. Sometimes it would just say spices or something so because we made all our own stuff it made it like a lot easier for us to be able to help people out with what they were what their requirements were because we made every single thing in it ourselves yeah that's that was something they said you know after um i'm not sure what happened but for for some reason during my um my wife's first pregnancy she became gluten intolerant mm-hmm. um and actually rather miraculously during her second pregnancy she's gone off to, she's gone back onto gluten so intolerance has completely disappeared which sure. i'm not sure how you explain it but mm. um it did mean that for that you know couple of years in the middle we you know had to completely change the way we did things and the thing i loved doing that process was was finding ways to have your traditional dishes that will you know quite you know have gluten in without it and obviously certain things don't work very well you know pasta is difficult and breads can be hit and miss but um, cakes are just as good. You know, I, I remember we doing a, um, we did a, a sort of a, a whole dinner for some friends and we made the whole thing gluten free and, you know, we, we roast chicken and made the whole, the roast chicken and the bread sauce gluten dairy free because we had a friend who was dairy intolerant coming over and, you know, being able to, you know, take flour out of the, out of the place but replace it with, with other things or just, you know, reduction on the hob or, um, and then, you know, pudding. My wife just said is a baker, um, and, it's, it's a bit unfair because I get home and be told I've got 33 cupcakes that somebody has to eat. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she experimented with them, you know, gluten-free. And, you know, a lot of things, you know, turned out even better gluten-free. And that, that's another thing that got, you know, got us looking at different ways to cook. You know, can you take something that is a bit bland just because you've got one key ingredient missing? And can you make that actually even better than the, the original thing? And, you know, gluten, he said, you know, those intolerances, being able to avoid gluten or fish or dairy... You know, it doesn't mean you can't eat, you know, good food. It doesn't mean you can't eat the same food. It just means you have to think a bit harder about how you get there, basically. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, something that really inspired me is Michael Pollan's, uh, I think it was like called The Four Elements, which is like a Netflix series. And uh, 
and he talks about some intolerances and stuff like that. And I just think that he he draws on the fact that a lot of sort of gluten intolerances and stuff are because that when you look at a loaf of bread now, there's 35 ingredients on the packet when there really should only be three. I mean, when we trace back to like bread's been one of the staples of of, of sort of life in many countries. I mean, for thousands of years, and uh, and there's and there's never been intolerances until today, and it's because people are, are messing around with the ingredients so much, and there's it's just not it's not bread anymore, and it's just sort of goes yeah. back to that what you were saying about if you know everything that's going into something, then actually, like I just think that 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 sort of style style of life, that lifestyle of if I buy everything fresh and whatever I make from it, it's going to be fine, going to be good for me, going to be healthy. And, and going to taste good, which is which is awesome. Exactly, it, it makes also cooking that bit more enjoyable. Rather than as said, you know, boiling your your pasta and taking your your pot of sauce out the fridge and putting the whole thing together and then having supper, you know, you sit there and go, actually, you know, I'm going to I said make some pasta myself and you know, leave the dough to rest and while the dough's resting. I'm going to make a tomato sauce and you know roast some tomatoes like and then you know blitz up and have you know add a few flavors and suddenly you know you go from just being a simple meal to how can I actually? Do, how can I make this fun? You know, if you've got kids around, you can sit, you know set them to chopping up the onions and the garlic and the tomatoes and stirring the pan when you're not looking and hopefully not pinching too much food off the off the uh, <laughs> chopping board. But um, I just think it's it's the sort of thing that you know. I remember just you know growing up. You know, I love love preparing food. You know, if I have a barbecue with a few friends over, I try my hardest to get everybody involved. Whether that means that people sticking you know meat onto skewers or you know, turning things over in a barbecue or spraying, you know, if I'm if I'm doing a long roast and I want to keep something moist and spray, you know, an apple, olive oil, cider vinegar sort of, you know, spray onto the, the food every you know, half an hour, you know, putting somebody else in charge of it. And you know, just the whole thing, you know, brings brings a few people, you know, together, gets people that, you know, enjoy the food and then eating the food that they've had the part to play with. And as you said, when you make it yourself, even if you've not done much of it, it does taste a lot better. Definitely. Summed it up there, 100%. Right, we are at the hour mark, so I'm going to, well, we're actually not, we're at the 45 to 50 minute mark, but we promised Marcus that we'd give him a quick call for 10 minutes as well. So we are going to, even though I'm sure we can actually talk for a little bit longer here, we're going to have to call it a day and uh, and say thank you very no much problem. for coming on. Well, thank you for thank you having me on, and you know, so any time you want, let me know, and I'm happy to pick up the phone. Um, and at some point we'll have to come up, come together and you know, see if we can play with a bit of food together at some point. Definitely, yeah, bro. Definitely. definitely. That'd be amazing. I mean, Marcus is always uh, up for hosting, hosting so and yeah, uh, getting some people well, around. So, I mean, I'm sure it'd be awesome to uh, to meet up and get some cooks going. Definitely. Definitely. And if, if you're ever in the Midlands, um, I'll, I'll speak to the uh, what Buffalo and see if I can bring a few joints of Buffalo over and we can have, have a play with that. Yeah, Wicked. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Thank you very much, well, bro. Thanks, thanks for coming on. on thanks for giving up your time and uh, it's been awesome chatting to you. Cheers, thank you. Cheers. Speak to you soon. That was cool. Yeah. That was... He's awesome. Yeah. He's so into food, isn't he? Yeah. I, I, I sort of... I've seen him posting loads sort of in the Countrywood Smoke forum and uh, on Twitter recently and I've seen some of the caliber of food he's putting out. It looks absolutely amazing. But yeah, didn't wasn't expecting such like a a, a chefy and sort of uh, outlook on on things as as that. That was really cool. It, hello? hello, it's Marcus. Hello, oh, you're right. We thought it was some Norwegian some yeah. Norwegian guy calling some him. Norway calling me. <laughs> My name is Lars. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure at the moment, guys. Hello, Lars Borden. <laughs> I'm, 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 
offshore doing a bit of work for a change, so uh, yeah, all good. How are you guys? Awesome. Yeah, good, thanks. Nice to speak to you. I haven't chatted to you for ages. We've actually just uh, spoke to right. your friend. Uh, we had Jamie Gibson on. Oh, yeah, how'd that go? He's a top, top bloke, he is. Yeah, really good. Really, really How impressed, actually. Yeah, like we uh, we were chatting to him about all sorts and it really his sort of passion for food in general and like his his knowledge of food really sort of came through, which was which was really awesome. I mean, I've seen a lot of his stuff yeah. uh, that you guys have been chatting about in on Twitter and, and I've seen him posting in the Country Wood Smoke Forum recently and it's been, uh, I've seen him put out some amazing yeah. stuff. So, yeah, it was great chatting to him, actually. Oh, he's, he's super key. He's, he's got a good, good, good set of flavours that he plays with as well. Different, a bit different. He's a good guy. You know, definitely, and also an absolutely awesome rugby player. So, yeah. ticks <laughs> ticks two boxes for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I thought I thought I'd give you a quick update on uh, how things are in sort of country with smoke. It's all all going well. It's quite an interesting sort of time of year with the sort of seasons changing. And get everything going all, more autumnal and uh, cold smoking and game and it's yeah it's quite an exciting time at the moment seeing how the, the sort of group's developing. Definitely, we saw the other day. I mean, you are approaching the five thousand mark. Yeah, definitely not far off it at all. So uh, yeah, it's uh, a big, a big, um, a big milestone really. So uh, yeah, no, amazing. Super, super proud of. Super proud of the group and what you know, what everyone in it puts puts into the group. It's amazing. Definitely, I mean, it's it's something that we talk about quite a lot on here. The Country Would Smoke group. If it's you're not in pretty much every episode, yeah. If you're not a member, guys, <laughs> you need to get involved. It's something that I've I've learned so much from this sort of past year. I've been a member, or oh, not year now, must be a few now. years now. Yeah. yeah, since I've been a member, yeah. I've learned so much, and I still do. And like. Uh, I don't know, just inspiration and stuff. Like we, we, a lot of us get our inspiration from social media these days. I mean, I wish I could travel around the world yeah. every every week, but it's not a realistic thing. So we look to social media to that makes the world smaller and also enables us to get inspiration. and And some people are putting out some amazing food week in week out, and it's really really good to see. It is, and it's it's about community as well. You know, barbecue is about community and family and friends and. You know, and and that's you know that shows in the group. It's it is the community side of it is such a big thing. Definitely. So it's great any, to see. Any cuts particularly caught your eye the last sort of week or so? Um, well, it's all been about the goat, really, hasn't it? Recently, um, and uh, yeah, there's been some some pretty amazing goat. I, I did the um, the goat style picanha myself and uh and love that but uh yeah just just the general sort of goatiness has been really cool but um it's great seeing there's a lot of bacon coming on now as well people smoking their own bacon and people getting back into the cold smoking as well definitely and, and there's some really good cold smokes sort of you know showing up now and that's that's really great to see yeah i've got two sides of salmon and i've just said it up you you wouldn't have it's weird because normally I mean, we don't have like episode, two guests <laughs> so it's like strange now talking to you about what I was just talking about because people who are listening are going to have already had it, but you haven't, so it's sort of weird. Yeah. But <laughs> I was just saying I've got two sides of salmon in the fridge at the minute and a, and a pork belly curate at the minute, which I'm looking to cold smoke. So definitely, yeah, cold smoking season yeah. for me. And then we've got the big C word coming up, really, as well. So, uh, you know, starting to see a few sort of turkey cooks appear and uh, 
I, I just did the uh, the asado turkey. I saw that people yes. were starting to uh, experiment, and you, you had your little pincushion turkey that I saw. That, uh, <laughs> you know, you were stab- <laughs> stabbing <laughs> stabbing skewers into. So yeah, that looked really good. Yeah, no. Uh, tell us more about the asado cook. How did that go? Sorry. Tell us more about the asado turkey cook. That how did that go? It looked really interesting. It looked like it was really oh. good. Yeah, so, I mean, the common thing, I guess, is lambs and sides of beef and things. But I, I had a quick look, and I thought, thought uh, maybe some turkey that I could see on, on it. And I thought, it was perfect, you know, spatchcock it out and sh- shove it on the uh, on the cross. And uh, it, was, it was one of Tom Bray's crosses. So, um, you know, it was a great bit of kit. And just, you know, tight wired it off and uh, literally just cooked it over some silver birch. It was fantastic. Awesome. It, look, it looked really cool. It looked really good. And I'm... I was a little bit surprised that it, yeah. it, it kept, it didn't like sort of, like the legs didn't break off or anything, because you really like stretched it right out and sort of tied it right out. It was, it, it was, it looked really good, really impressed. Literally, as I took it off the, off the cross, one of the legs started to come off. So for me, that was perfectly cooked, you know, literally, uh, you know, it just started to fall apart as I took it off the cross, which I think was perfect. How long yeah. did you have it on there The nice for? thing was about that was, it, it was about three and a half hours, three and a half, almost four hours. So uh, it was a good, you know, most of the time was the bone side down. And then I flipped it for the last sort of hour or so on the, the breast side down to crisp that up. Beautiful. And that, the, the, the cross sort of supports it a bit on that side. So yeah. uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was really cool to use, use that. Yeah. I'll be doing some more cross work, some more asado. So. Awesome. I know, Again, it's great seeing, seeing seeing the guys in the group doing um, Asado. You know, Simon Dyer um, was um, Tom Bray and Martin Anderson. Um, uh, John John Gower's doing it all the time, and um, David Dedman. There's some real amazing talent in in Asado, and it's it's great to see. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a really exciting sort of style of cooking and it really is sort of again another step back to the just sort of mother nature of just fire and and meat, which is really cool. Yeah. And uh, it's really been great sometimes to see. Sometimes with all the kit, it's, it's, sometimes with all the kit, it's good to get back to basics again, and that's definitely that. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. It is. It's it, at the same time. I, I do love my kit and and always use it, but it is awesome to, like you said, take yeah. a step back and go a bit more natural and just go with the elements it's, it, as it, as it is. But uh, something awesome that I, I would love to give a go over this Christmas period is when I was over at the big grill. Uh, it was like a Brazilian style of cooking. Yeah. They were sort of hanging, they had chickens hanging on like a wire mm. and uh, that was like over the top yeah. of sort of like uh, some embers that they'd, they'd burnt, or some wood they'd burnt yeah. down to embers. And then they were taking about four hours to cook and they were basting them with like a big hairbrush uh, and it was like sort of yeah. like basting with like a brine sort of solution really. And uh, and they turned out yeah. absolutely awesome. I think that it would be a pretty long cook though on a, on a turkey if a chicken takes four hours you got to be talking sort of six, yeah. six to hanging a few turkeys on some strings. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's what I'm. That's what I'm sort of. I would like to give it a go. Uh, the that sort of Brazilian style, yeah. hanging them up and and uh, spinning them over the fire and uh, keeping them based in. That, uh, but I think you'd be talking. It got to be about a six hour cook, really. Plus, so you got to have some patience with that one. But yeah. I, I would love to give it a go over the Christmas period. It'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. I was, you know, I'm, 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 I'm sort of experimenting with a few different turkey cooks as well. This, I'm going to cook one in the, the, in the Cajun microwave as well and see how that comes out. And then, then, then we're going to do a bit of a sort of turkey, turkey special in the, uh, winter issue of the magazine. So. Awesome. 
looking forward to having a few few more turkey cooks. Good thing we like turkey in our family. Are you a, are you a briner or a non-briner? You're a non-briner, aren't you? Um, non-briner, non-briner. For me, it's about absolutely nailing the uh, the temperature. You get the temperature right, and then you can have a juicy turkey. But I, I, I do think you know brining's good, but sometimes it's an extra level of uh, extra level of hassle. Yes. So okay. So when you say temperature right, what you're you're cooking in to internal temperature or your cooking temperature, like your ambient your, sort of temperature, your internal temperature. Okay, and, so and so what should we be going well, for for the, no. the the perfect juicy turkey? What what sort of temperature would you, would you aim for? Well, I think I think the official thing's about seventy, but I I take mine just just a shade below that and um, just hold it for a long time. And uh, I I know where I get my turkeys from. They're pretty safe. The local farm turkeys, um, you know, from a little farm, and I'm I'm pretty happy. You know, I feed feed that to my family, and I'm I'm happy with that. But uh, I think it's like seventy two, isn't it? It's got to be yeah. official. Yeah. But some, sometimes that can be a little bit dry things out. So if you are going to take it up a bit higher, then then it might be worth brining it. But uh, I find a long long slow three or four hour cook at slow temperatures, and it keeps it really juicy, and then just blast it up at the end. Nice. That, that always works for me. Take it off before it hits that sort of before it hits a seventy degrees. Wrap it up and rest it. Yeah. Let it come up a little bit further, but yeah. but come up a little bit slower again yeah. during its resting. And, and you're looking yeah. at a real juicy turkey then. Yeah, absolutely. Because if, if you know if you take it up to seventy odd degrees, you know, on on in the cooker, then the sort of carryover will take it. You know, push it sometimes up to near eighty, and it's you've got a dry turkey. Don't yeah, you? no. Completely agree. Just watch that carryover. And again, it's it's just it's gauging that the breast to sort of leg ratio because your breast normally yeah. cooks quicker than your leg, and then if you're cooking for your leg to yeah. hit seventy five, some people go for, then your breast is going to be pushing eighty eighty five before you even brought it off. So yeah. it's catching it at that that right time with your your two differences of temperatures there. Probably your breast just going over 17 yeah. your leg just approaching 70 bring it off wrap him up and, and rest him and yeah. and he should come up to a nice temperature you got it and the nice thing about cooking it on the cross was that the legs were closer to the fire so they were getting more of the heat so uh you know they they could take a bit more of the heat than the breast which was really good it's a nice way of cooking it mm. definitely what what else can we expect to see in the next edition of the barbecue mag i believe then you are doing um, what, what was it you're doing again? Uh, I know I know um, uh, Kelly was doing um, sort of side dishes on the barbecue. What, what was it you're up to, Ben? I think we're going to do some stuff like some like inspiration, I guess, from the um, our barbecue book that's coming out for the Christmas period. So we're going to get some of the stuff yeah, to do with that. It's going to come really cool. in there, and I'd like to just. All sorts of festive-related stuff, I guess, for me. Yeah. Yeah, sort of different alternatives, I guess, that you can cook on the barbecue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not not your everyday, yeah. usual, standard stuff. Get some new things in oh, there. that would be cool. Yeah. That'd I would like to see cool. someone doing... I saw... No. Sorry, mate, carry on. Go on. No, no, honestly, carry on. on. You, you were going to say something. I don't want to cut up. What, what were you going oh, to yeah, say? Yeah, I'm trying to nail down a few good um, interviews as well. There should be some pretty good ones coming up. We've, we've been working hard behind the scenes to get some, uh, some top people involved, so that should be good. Awesome. 
I saw Frances Marmon with another chef. I can't remember her name, but she was doing like a, it was like a big veggie sort of centerpiece on the barbecue and it looked pretty awesome. It's like a big veggie roll sort of thing where like on the outside she, and uh, I I might have a little go at that and, uh, and post that in Country Wood Smoke as a little bit of an alternative sort of centerpiece to, to the Christmas period. Uh, Yeah. one revelation for me recently has been um, whole squash cooked in the embers. Oh, beautiful. And fantastic squash and pumpkins cooked in the embers. And I, I, I know from chatting with Jamie um, recently, he's, he's planning on doing some things like soups and stuff with, uh, with squashes cooked in the embers. And it's such a great way. It tastes almost like chestnutty. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, it, absolutely beautiful. A lot of people actually, cause I've seen a lot of people experimenting in the Country with Smoke Forum with their... Uh, some some a lot of vegetables cooked the embers, which is awesome to see. Not just the uh, the dirty yeah. steaks. People are starting to push it, like the onions and your, like you said, your squashes, but also your like potatoes and sort of sweet potatoes stuff like that work really well in there. I mean, so many vegetables work fantastically in the uh, in the embers. So definitely something to experiment with, and you get a completely different sort of flavour, which is really nice. Yeah, nice one. Right, Sounds we good. are. Sounds good. We are heading right over on the time, so we are going to call it a day here. It was great to have I've, you on, mate. I've Thank you for one, calling. Hang on a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on <laughs> a minute. I've got one last thing. You, you know you and Ben are always chatting and working out who's the best barbecue out of the two of you. Uh-huh. We've we're decided that's yeah. me, though, well, so I, it's fine. I, I, would smoke, I would smoke the both of you. <laughs> <laughs> you need a pretty big smoker to fit me on. <laughs> <laughs> but but in, in, all serious, in all seriousness, I think it's about time we had a barbecue smackdown, barbecue bromance <laughs> smackdown, and the two of you have a, a, a barbecue off, and um, we, we get a couple of judges, and we work out once and for all who's the best barbecuer. I'm How keen. I'm, uh, everyone knows who the winner's going to be anyway, yeah. but I'm keen. You I would just you don't show yourself up there now, cook you? him under, under a rug. He'll be it's, hiding. It's, it's time to... It's time to put your money where your mouth is, boys, and uh, <laughs> yeah, let's have a let's have a barbecue bromance smackdown. All right, we'll 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 have a private chat about that off air, and uh, we can organise something, put something together, because that sounds like good fun for yeah. me, an yeah, easy win awesome. for me. He's trying to figure a way out. Of it. Easy, that's why we have to do it off air. <laughs> easy <laughs> victory for me. I'll turn up with Cheers, my arms tied. I'm off back to work. So All right, mate. Yeah. Speak to you soon. Cheers, mate. Lots of love, bro. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We've recorded yet another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. Bit of a long one today, bit of a different format today, but we're going to be playing around with the format a bit in the future. So, uh, as always, we're brought to you by our awesome sponsors, ProQ Barbecue Gourmet and Smoke with Shack. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about you're buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade, or even looking for some authentic charcoal commercial smokers, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And they're actually coming on next week and yeah. chatting to us about their commercial uh, smokers, the uh, GFCs, Tubby, Stretch. So uh going to be an awesome little chat with them. And they're over... Uh, Hungary? They're over with their manufacturers this week. So they're also going to bring back lots of extra knowledge and top secret bits for us to, to chat through, which is going to be interesting. So if there's any anything you'd like to find out about the Smokers guys, get in touch. Give us an email. 
PM me or Ben on Facebook, Twitter. If there's anything you'd like to know, any questions you've got about the commercial units from ProQ, the cabinet smokers, not just commercial. I mean, they are there's cabinet smokers for anyone. Uh, great for the competing teams as well. And uh, and yeah, so give us a message if there's anything you'd like to know, and we'll uh, throw down the questions on Ty and Ian when we're with them at the ProQ headquarters uh, next week. So. Tune into that one, guys. It's going to be a good one. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas, or electric, the real taste of summer can be yours all year round. And Smoke with Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness and you provide the talent. So if you're looking for smoking wood chunks, dust, chips, or planks, then head on over to smokewoodshack.com. And you can find them on Twitter at Smokewood Shack. And goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. See you next time, guys. Where I will just prove to you that I'm the best barbecue cook.